head to the .gov website for the latest information on the XL Bully Bag. Welcome to episode 17 of the Have a Think Chaos podcast. Yeah, 17. Number seven. It's a lot, isn't it? It's still going. <laughs> I think it's going well. We've got listeners in Israel now, don't tell you. got listeners in Israel. Have you? What? We have. Yeah, have we? Yes. Yeah. Strange. What have you been up to, Sam? I've been mostly agility training. Because you're an agility girl now, aren't you? Apparently so, yeah. Uh, had a competition with Havoc, uh, which went really, really well. The competition, we got an, an elimination again, which is fine. <laughs> but uh, it's because he couldn't do his weaves. So the yeah. competition went really well. He was really good. He wasn't um, interested in the other dogs. He's like running really nicely. And since the competition, in the last couple of weeks, we've absolutely nailed his weaves. I know, I saw it on, uh, you got some video on, you, on Insta, I think. On my Instagram, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to check out my personal Instagram, yeah, uh, it's not my dog uh, dog training one, it's the Wild Form Viz. Yeah. And it's got all Havoc's agility practice in there and just cute photos of Roxy and the cat sardine. And a cat, don't yeah. forget the cat. But yeah, we've um, so we've been practicing weaves. I've just been quite determined to sort them out now because it's the only thing holding us back from, yeah from getting some ribbons uh, and a really, really so what, what comes after that then because you're not on big equipment at the moment are you so once we've so got like the, yeah so the saws and uh, the classes are that you do steeplechase which is just jumps and tunnels then you move on to jumping classes which is uh jumps tunnels and weaves uh which is what we're trying to get through at the moment once yeah. we can do is weaves then we can move on to agility agility so Agility includes the jumps, tunnels, weaves, but it also includes the big contact equipment. So your yeah. A-frame, your dog walk, your seesaw. I think once we get the weaves sorted, we can enter all the jumping classes and start actually getting somewhere with yeah. them. I think it's going to take us a while to do agility to get the contact equipment. So we've started on stop contacts, which is where they stop at the end of the kit and hit yeah, the target. Yeah. Some people are training running contacts, which take a lot longer to train, and it's a lot harder. It's faster, but it's harder to train. And uh, I know who I am as a person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm never, ever going to put the effort in to get a running contact. I'm never going to put the effort in to get a running contact, so I think what I'm going to do instead is do the stopping and just take that as a time, uh, time penalty. But, yeah, so we've started on the stop contacts, and we've been doing it on the dog walk. Then when he's happy on that, we'll see if we can get a little bit of control over the A-frame because at the moment he just launches himself off the top like he's a plane. It's <laughs> really they? dangerous. It's, fun. it's not fun when they land. Like a ramp. Yeah, and then I'm a little bit concerned about the seesaw because he's a little bit of a, a pansy. And um, I think when he goes over the seesaw, he's going to be a bit panicked. So I'm going to have to take that really slowly and just not get too stressed if he's not happy on it. Yeah. But I think if 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 the seesaw didn't exist, I reckon we'd be entering agility comps in the next couple of months. Cool. Uh, but nice. because the seesaw is a thing, I'm not sure that we'll be there that yeah. quickly. Um, but yeah, so that's what. Better to take seesaw than than dive into it, ruin it. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to ruin it. it. He's he's yeah. already had. He accidentally went up the seesaw during practice one day because it was out. It wasn't part of the course that I wanted him to run, but he thought it was went hurtling up it. The seesaw collapsed underneath him, obviously, because yeah. of the tips. And he was absolutely terrified, and then he wouldn't go on the dog walk again. Uh, <laughs> in case. In case it moved. Yeah, so, it, you know, I, I already know it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. It's been quite fun. He's doing really well. 
Uh, Roxy's just been an angel as always. Uh, not been doing much of an angel today, though, is she? Well, no, she stinks today. Yeah. She's rolled in fox poo this morning, yeah. and I haven't had time to wash her yet, so she's mini, just roaming around the house stinking. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> what have you been up yeah, to? Well, we've, we've been working. We've just done a big military showdown in London. That was really exciting. Yeah. Um, emergency services show we did. We attended that with a search and rescue team. That's been fun. And obviously, when you've got a puppy, everybody loves a puppy. Yeah, so uh, for, for the listeners... Ian showed up today with his puppy. Yeah. So puppy's currently sleeping on my massive, expensive orthopedic dog bed. Yeah. He obviously appreciates it, unlike your dogs. Neither the of my dogs use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Toes is on it. So what have you, just quickly, what have you named your dog? My dog's called Mr. Toes. Mr. Toes is the name of this He's puppy. only called Mr. Toes because we weren't going to keep him. It was for sale and he's got white toes on his back feet. And so to differentiate him from all the other dogs, we called him Mr. Toes. And then we kept him. And he is now Mr. Toes. So he's kept the name Toes. Yeah. It's maybe the worst name for a dog. It's the coolest name ever. <laughs> it's the coolest name ever. So I was on about calling, not that I'm getting one. You are. So Sam's, yeah, Sam's had an offer of a border collie, haven't you? Well, no, I, I've, been asked, I've been asked if I want one. Oh, you know you want one. Um, and obviously the sensible option would be no, uh, but I've already decided what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me again who takes a sensible option. So no, I'm not, I'm not, no, the answer's no, I'm not, I mean. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm no, I'm, doesn't sound very positive to me. So anyway, yeah. The decision's um, not final yet and I've picked yeah. a name. But, but you're not having one. But I'm not having one. Yeah, yeah. But but the the point the point I'm making is because I think Toes is a rubbish name is I'm quite tempted by the name Worm. So Toes is a crap name, but Worm's a good name. <laughs> or no, I'm not going to say the one I actually like because <laughs> I don't want anyone to take it. Even though I'm not having this dog. You are. This yeah, is my. You're having it. Look at him, such a cute fellow. He's super cute. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so we've done that. We've um, we're just on the NFL down in London, the American football. That was exciting. Oh yeah. Very very busy. Thousands of people. What do you what What were you doing at that one? What which What were you sniffing for? Explosives. Um, so basically, we'd got. Come here. I was working for that weekend. I got something like thirteen handlers. Oh wow! Around. Big. Loads of dogs. Two vans full of dogs. Um, and we we're down there. Basically, got an area, patrolling area. Checked all the flower beds, roadside furniture, stuff like that. Um, and then just patrols and. Any hits. No, obviously it'd have been a, you know, headline news if we'd found a bomb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was good, really good. The American football was like a, a carnival. It just arrived as like a tidal wave of when you Americannessnessness. Just a training question about that. Mm. When you work uh, places like that, so it's obviously live and it's like real life. It's just still training in the dog's mind. It's still training. Yeah, it's all the same. But do you ever plant? fake yes. stuff you do so when we're working down in london so they uh, still get to win we'd get absolutely walking around with a rucksack with some um kit in it all right and every now and again you'd stick that out and the dog would walk around the corner and go oh look what i found i found one yeah and then down at the nfl we've got a guy walking around with a nearly a kilo of plastic explosive in a rucksack um, not for real hmm. oh i thought you said there wasn't a hit no that, not a real no this was our guy 
Oh, oh, oh okay. You, you said yeah. for real. I was like, no, no. Yeah, no, for, uh, with real exposure. With yeah. real exposure, yeah. yeah. Um, and the dogs are just all light up as he. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Close and what have you. I was I was asking because I thought, God, imagine every t- every time you do training, they're always winning, and then whenever you lag, whenever you, yeah, you've got to be careful. They fail. If you look at your reinforcement history of a venue, yeah. If your reinforcement history of a training venue is high. Dog always gets a fine, dog always has a good day, it's all brilliant. And then your work area, like I do Newcastle Arena loads. Yeah. If my Newcastle Arena had zero reinforcement history, my dog would be, nah, mate, I'm not. There's definitely here. nothing here, I'm not going to bother looking. So I always ensure if I'm up there on a two day event, talk to security and then I do some train on site. Yeah. Um, so dog does get hits, dog has the building has a reinforcement history for the dog. And then it works out, isn't it? A good place for dog to be searching, rather than a boring punishing place. Yeah, I just wondered that because I thought, oh, it must be, it must be a rubbish day when they're actually yeah. working. <laughs> yeah, we do make sure keep it like a sweetener if you like. Yeah, it yeah. Place look good, uh, and then just for added fun and giggles, we've had Dennis groomed. It's the first time he's ever been groomed while he's been with me, and um, he went from a ramshackle ragamuffin little dog to looking pretty. Little pretty boy. Little pretty boy. If you look on my Facebook page, there's pictures of him. And he's the prettiest little dog ever. Do you know, I recently had Roxy groomed. Did you? Yeah, like a week ago. And um, she smelled divine. Like, honestly. And she was, I was a bit worried because she doesn't really like the dryers and she's a bit, she's a bit, yeah. of a, she's a bit sensitive. Um, she had a really good time. She came out, she smelled absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and it lasted. <laughs> Until this weekend. Honestly, yeah. she's, she's disgusting again. I feel like booking her in again, but I can't I can't send her to the groomers every time she rolls in poop no. because otherwise I'm just going to spend it. You're like, bankrupt. I'll be back. It'll be like... Cleaners will be happy. The cleaners will be like, oh, you know what, booked another holiday. She's in every single weekend. Yeah. She's rolled in something again. So I'm going to have to wash her myself. Um, but yeah, uh, Roxy was groomed recently. Yeah, well. so he's had a trim. He's had a trim all over. He's had his, his ears trimmed. He's had his little... Yeah. Chest trimmed, it looks really cute. I'll tell you what else we've been doing. Speaking of baths, uh, Havoc's been to hydrotherapy. Oh, yes, for, you said you were gonna take him, yeah. For his um, he had a bit of a leg injury, so he was he wasn't limping or lame on it, but when he was jumping, he was kicking it out to the side in a kind of weird, yeah, like like he would like he had like some tightness in his back or something like that. So I went to hydrotherapy, and uh, you know, Havoc gets in water, no problem, yeah. He's, you know, quite enthusiastic about learning new things. Yeah. Havoc just screamed the whole for an hour. <laughs> just not like not too horrendously loud, but just ah, ah, ah. Oh, for, just for a whole hour on this treadmill. He did really well. He worked out how to work the treadmill really yeah. quickly. Uh, but he wasn't really a huge fan of being in there. Not massive fan. No. Anyway, I've got some exercises for him and some stretches and um he seems much much better. He's jumping. Yeah. He's jumping well again. He's running straight. straight up. He's, yeah, yeah. He's got some. That's good. I've got to do this thing where I stretch him around my leg like a like a pretzel. <laughs> See, I bend the whole dog. I've got to bend the whole dog around my knee, and then I also do this like it's basically where you push his chest up and lower his head down, and then lower him up. So it's like cat like cat cow in yoga. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. getting him to do that stretches stretches neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he looks very silly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, <laughs> So, on to the topic of the day. Yeah. What is today's topic about? Well, 
we don't often have controversial topics on here. No, you try your best. I try my best and to squeeze them in and talk about collars and trainers and whatnot. Yeah. But you always avoid it. Um, but we're going to talk about bullies, XL bullies, because it's kind of in the press at the moment quite a lot. And just going to have a little talk about what we think, um, our opinions in some ways. Yeah. And so, just a bit of information yeah. that we've been, we've both been doing a bit of research on it and, and looking into it. And obviously, both being trainers and well, I was trained. You were still training. We've both got lots of contacts in the dog industry. Um, so we thought we'd have a little chat and see if we could come to a solution. I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to come to a solution. On see the problem, what we think. We can definitely analyse it mm. in a bit more, I would say, probably in a bit more detail than any politician was bothered to. Yeah, there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of there's not been a analysis time. by politicians. It seems to be knee-jerk reaction after knee-jerk reaction, um, like most things. Yeah, so trying to win votes, aren't they? for anyone that's been living in a hole, um, the government, the UK government have just announced that by the end of the year, the breed XL American Bulldog will be banned or put on the banned dogs list. Yeah. So there are already four breeds that are on the banned list. Yeah, there we've are. Got, we've got uh, Pitbull. Pitbulls or Pitbull type, let's pitbull call it, type. because Pitbull's not a breed, just like XL Bullies. It's not a recognised breed, it's a type. So we've got, yeah. We've... The Japanese Tosa, which is a breed. Yeah. Dago Argentino, which is a breed. Yeah. Fila Brasileiro, which is also a breed. Yeah, so there's those those um, four types. Something I didn't realise the other day, I was reading about the Japanese Tosa. It's a fighting dog and apparently it's bred to fight in silence. Oh. To make it even more chuffing scary. That's... But apparently they don't bark, growl, howl, growl, give it all that. Apparently, were bred to fight in silence. The Doggo Argentino and the Filo Brasileiro were both hunting dogs. I, uh, I'm going to admit a little bit of um, ignorance on my part. I know I've seen Doggo Argentinos. I know what they look like. Photos mm. obviously you don't see these dogs in this country at all. No, uh, but I don't know what a Japanese Tosa or a Filo no they look quite hard. Do they? Yeah, I'll be honest. The Filo Brasileiro, when I was looking at pictures. Looks like a heavy set hunting dog. It doesn't look like a dog that ought to be on the banned breeds list. No. Why then, is it on the banned list? I don't know. I couldn't find anywhere the reasons why those specific dogs were put on the list. No. I can understand Pitbull, because we all know Pitbull's it's a pit fighting dog. They've got a reputation worldwide for being, you know, a little bit mean. Well I would say as well, or, so doing a bit just just on that note, doing a little bit of research on the the so from like the 70s the dogs that have caused death mm. so looking at the list of those dogs there's lots of different it's not just bully types there's no. lots and lots of different breeds but obviously the the breed ban the so the four dogs that are on it and the bsl the, so the bsl is breed specific legislation that came in in 1991 but if you look at the dogs that have caused death from like the 70s I couldn't see. None of them are Tosas, Argentinos or Brasileiros, No, I couldn't see any of them on that no. list that have caused those problems. Oh. So there was a few Pitbull types as yeah. listed as the breeds that have caused death I mean, the in the countries, 80s. And... There's some countries got Rotties yeah. on the list, Staffies on their list. Which countries do you know? Um, I can't remember which one it is. Let me have a look. I've got some notes here, but they're a bit all over. A bit like me. Uh, where was it? But no, I d yeah, I don't know much about those those other three. But I can't um... find. It. I can't remember if I took any notes on that. But yeah, there's some countries have got like staffies, um, chow chows. Oh yeah. Um, one I got. 
I think Husky's on the list. Chow Chow's is a funny one because we all everyone that works with dogs knows that Chow Chow's can be a bit spicy, mm. and and yet they seem to be sort of sold as teddy bears. Yeah, the teddy bear dog, aren't teddy they? Aren't bear, they? Yeah. Look, little teddy bear dog. Look how cuddly it always is. It always makes me laugh when people put a harness on them. Harness all that them. hair bursting out everywhere, and then the harness is dog shaped, and it's like. <laughs> Like you, you mean just aesthetically? Like squish the dog, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't find anywhere where there was a real reason for the the other three being on the list. They just seem really spurious dogs, especially when things like Kenny Corso's exist. Presser, presser. Canario thingies, um, all your big mastiffy dogs, your big, like, African hunting dogs. You've got your and, yeah, bubbles. Bubbles. They're really beautiful, yeah. but mega. And it, it, it does strike me as being an odd selection that they've kind of randomly chosen these, but who knows? I mean, another government reaction to mm. to something. So before we get into, so the, there's a proposed ban on the new XL bully. Yeah. So it's a XL bully is not really a breed. So the the breed American Bulldog comes in a couple of different sizes. Mm. So you can get pocket bullies. Yeah, little squishy Which ones. Super squishy. Like toads as well. Aren't they they look like, like toads. White yeah. little spot things. <laughs> then you've got your sort of classic or your standard size, which yeah. looks a little bit more like staffies or probably look a bit like pit bulls, to be honest. Yeah. Um, or what people, sorry, what people imagine a pit bull to a look pit bull like. To look like. And then you've got your XL size, which is the super massive ones. They look more like mastiffs or mastiff mixes. Well, you get the really big fat. Wide, fat-headed ones. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And the big block-headed ones. Mm. And then you get the ones that look like big sort of pit bulls. They, even then, they don't seem to be a particular... It's not like ...specific. A... You'll see XL bullies advertised, and there'll just be massive, big, wide dogs. And then you'll see other XL bullies, and they'll be really tall, rangy, athletic-looking dogs. But they're, so... also, they're also a lot of XL bully mixers, mm. and they mix them with... Okay, also... Cane Corso. I don't know if it's Cane Corso or Cane always... Corso is what assholes say. Is it? <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> I thought they were Cane Corsos. I really do. Is that because it's American? I don't know. It's got a K. It'd be a C if you're a Cane Corso, wouldn't it? No. I don't know. It's K. It doesn't. Right. If any. <laughs> I'm, anyway. I'm fuming. It doesn't matter. Cane Corsos. Anyway, they're, they're mixed with. Corsos, yeah. canarios, things like that, mastiffs, yeah. that stuff to make them sort of big and hard and yeah. and, um, and beautiful. So the, the, the issue that the government's going to have first challenge, I think, is identifying what what one is. Um, a, ban, a ban on a, a look. A ban dog. on anything that looks big and bulldoggy, which is any bulldoggy mastiffy cross, any bulldoggy big dog cross. So my concern, bulldoggy Labrador cross. Yeah, my you know? my first my initial concern with with the ban is because it's not a specific. Because it's not a specific breed of dog, or at least there's a lot of these crosses that that exist out there are things like that have got no XL that, that have got no American bulldog in them at all. So, for example, uh, I know someone who has a Rottweiler dog de Bordeaux mix. Yeah, that looks like an XL. It's gonna. It's, yeah. it, it's likely it, it, when they it's, come it's out with type. At it's risk like of getting it, a tug, isn't it? It's at risk of mm. being type. Um, and it's, it's like got the, the big block head. It's got the big shoulders. It's the right size, um, but pretty chill, like a dog de Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, but maybe a slightly less squished face, like a rot. 
um, like a rotty. So it's, you know, it, it, the the first issue that we're coming across with this ban is that... Well, How to identify it. Which well, it's pit bulls. Pit bulls were identified by measurements, so weren't they? Were yeah. limb, limb measurements and, you know, general appearance. Tall. Uh, we we used to Tall refer staffies. to them as long-legged staffies. <laughs> long-legged staffies, yeah. When we worked in rescue. When yeah. we worked in rescue. Long-legged staffy come in. Well, as we all know, a, a staffy Labrador cross pretty much... Is a long-legged staffy. Pretty much met pit bull specifications, yeah, which, yeah. again, crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first thing we're going to have to struggle with is how to identify him, um, which seems an impossibility to me. But I'm sure they've got some kind of magical method up their sleeve. So um, if um, if they do go on the band list, so so considering those four that are on the band list currently, what does that mean for owners who who well, currently have them? If their dog becomes banned and you already have one, what does that now mean? From what I understand, is that. From when I said some time ago when the BSL first sort of shone its lights on dogs. If you had a dog which was in that banned breed list, I was under the understanding that you couldn't report yourself. You had to be reported. When oh, that, really? Yeah. And when you were reported, the dog would more than likely be seized. When that dog was seized, it would then be taken into custody, if you like, and you would be on report with your local police. If you could demonstrate that dog had a reasonable demeanour and you were a reasonable, responsible person, you could, through the courts, be allowed to keep that dog um, as long as it was A, tattooed for identification, B, neutered, kept on a leash when in public places, muzzled when in public places, had third-party liability insurance on it, and also you couldn't sell it, give it away, or allow it to be given to rescue or whatever. Um, it was yours. If anything happened to you, the dog were dead. It was condemned. I think it was actually something like a... I can't remember. The, the name was something like a a delayed destruction order or something. I can't remember what it was. Um, so, yeah, basically it had a... It, there was a destruction order on the dog which basically was postponed because you were looking after it and you'd met all the appropriate criteria. I spoke to somebody years and years ago and they were saying that if you're in London and your dog got reported, chances are you wouldn't see it for 18 months, and by the time you did see it, it'll be a ruined mess because it had been in kennels. If you went somewhere in the middle of the countryside and got reported, you might be in court next day. So basically take a holiday, get reported, and process it. But that'll no doubt be what happens to the XL bullies. Well, I don't know that... If you get reported. If you get reported, I don't... So... I am under the impression that when the ban comes in, again, we don't know yet because it's all just speculation, under the impression that you can self-report, you can self-report yourself for this to try and get them on the exemption list. Um, and they're relying on people to come forward and say that mm. they want to make sure that the dogs are a sort of type. But I guess if you said nothing or you did nothing, the risk, they're trying to encourage people, well, again, this is not necessarily true, but they want to encourage people to come forward to get themselves or their dogs exempted. Mm. And if they choose not to and wait for the system to find them, then uh, by the time people like the police or whoever gets around to, to investigating their breed, they could then face a fine. Yeah. So if they don't report that they've got one themselves, well, then they'll end up facing a fine. The issue as well is there's a, obviously a cost involved. If you do get reported and you want to go down the efforts of keeping it, yeah, because you've yeah. got to get the dog muzzled and trained to be muzzled. They'll and also yeah, have to be neutered. And tattooed and neutered and insured, which is an ongoing cost every year the dog's alive. Um, and also there's a de demeanour test, which if your dog's a violent arsehole, they won't let you keep it. 
Now, the demeanor test is also something that's quite scary. It's terrifying. <laughs> It's, it's carried out by people who don't know what they're doing. Well, it's also carried out by people unknown to the dog, yeah. and it's also carried out after the dog spent a period of time, yeah. potentially in, in a jail. kennel yeah. in jail, where they're in in a kennel where they're quite stressed, they're quite scared, they may be missing, they may be confused, they may be really sort of. So if your if your XL bully currently is a little bit nervy around people or not too good with strangers, but managed really well and quite happy and it's well looked after and managed. The chances are it's really going to struggle to get through a demeanor testing because when they wave a plastic hand on a stick at it, it's probably going to respond in a way that you don't, you don't want it to. The thing is, if I was eating my dinner and someone put a plastic hand in it oh, on the yeah. stick, I'd probably in bite my face, it. I'd probably bite that. Get well. off me too. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah is... one of the, the the issue for for people out there who. Don't know about demeanor tests. I don't know what demeanor test they're going to use on this. They might have got something new and scientific, and I hope to God they have, because we're living in a world of science training has moved on from where it was 10 years ago, and the demeanor test needs to, but it always used to be sort of prodding the dog with a rubber hand on a stick when it was chewing a bone or eating its tea or whatever and seeing what its response was. And if its response quite, quite commonly is, I don't like that, well, dog fails. Which is scary. Yeah, temp I think temperament testing, yeah, in and of itself, is worrying because it depends on the environment. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of factors. Scared anyway. dog in a scary place by strangers. Yeah, how many of my dogs have passed? You know, <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't know. In, in that instance, like how many pet dogs would pass? I, I was thinking about this the other day about so many of my clients' dogs and my own dogs and whether or not they would pass mm -hmm. temperament tests. I, my own personal dogs. I don't, I don't know. I I think, I like to think that they would, but the problem with it is, is even though I think they would pass a temperament test, they'd pass it because they were terrified and they'd shut yeah, down. Yeah, were shut down. And they were shut yeah. down. I think if someone put either of my dogs in that situation, I don't think that either of them would bite i can't say for sure with rocks yeah but, I, don't think, um, I don't think they bite i don't I think, think they bite but i think I they'd, think they'd be, show they'd, themselves well i think they'd be not really in, upset that, they wouldn't have home environment no they'd be really unhappy they wouldn't know how to escape they wouldn't know um and the thing is it's just a it's just a way of of dealing with stress is yeah. some dogs just like people some will uh shut down some will act out a little bit and some will avoid some will avoid yeah. some will freeze um so yeah, so basically, if you've got a bully, XL bully type dog currently, and it does get reported, picked up on, it'll probably be confiscated for a period of time until you've been processed by the courts, and you will, and no doubt in that time, have it'll be temperament tested, which it may or may not pass or fail. And I don't, then, is, that, is that true? I don't think you'll they're have going bill. to pick. I don't think they're going to pick them up. I don't think they will. There's not enough police. There's not enough police to patrol the streets, are there? They're not going to go around picking dogs up. They're not going to be like picking. They're not. I don't think there's going to be this sort of mass, you know, taking dogs from their homes. I, don't I think, think people will give them up. People who are, who are currently in two minds as to, I don't know, dogs a bit of an ass, don't much like it. I'm stuck with it. I think they'll use it as an excuse to get them put down. What is the current uh, euthanasia? Rate? The, the RSPCA reported in a report I found online that already 232 XL bullies had been euthanized through the RSPCA. Since the announcement, since the of threat, the, yeah, yeah, since the threat, and that, but... that's probably changing daily. So, yeah, I think a lot of people will give them up and just have them put down I... because of the stress, because of the trouble, because of the risk for future, 
because having to pay for insurance every year, which we all know what insurance is like. It's not cheap and it goes up. You know, it, it, it's... Uh, I like to think not that many expense. people will, but I think there's so many of them that obviously there's still going to be a huge percentage that, that end up seeing that fate. The, I think the, the most the most upsetting aspect of this whole proposed ban for me is that the only people that this ban is going to target negative like target in the way that you know they expect it's going to target people are the people that are responsible so the having to declare your dog responsible people are going to want to do that as soon as possible Mm -hmm. having to keep your dog on a lead well responsible people are going to do that because they don't want the dog taking off them having to have the dog muzzled i've seen a thousand of hundreds thousand people all online asking how to muzzle their dogs how to train it what what sort of muzzles to use all these really responsible owners that are trying to do this now these dogs likely will will have never needed a muzzle in their whole lives but are now being muzzle trained by their responsible owners now the dogs that would probably need to be muzzled kept on a lead and maybe declare <laughs> yeah. to law enforcement yeah. uh, as to you know their are existence. The ones, are the ones that running riot. And... The ones that still yeah. the you know will those people will have never trained their dogs at all. They're not going to start training yeah. now. If they do decide to muzzle the dog because the law says they have to, they'll just bang that muzzle on mm. and probably cause more stress. The the ones that have to be on a lead, well you know they're gonna these dogs don't even wear collars half the time. No. Um, and the ones, and the recent ones where... experience of one no collar, and it was impossible to catch because they're so smooth and slippery. They are smooth and slippery. <laughs> um, so, and the, and the, obviously, at, at least the attacks that I've read about, the majority of them, from memory, are attacks where the dog has yeah. escaped the house or the garden where the ban that imposes that they'd have to be muzzled won't be enforced. No, the, in the, the, house the, anyway. the killings in the houses won't stop because the dog will have the muzzle taken off as soon as it gets home. The killings where it jumps out the window or out the garden over the fence won't, won't stop because it'll have the muzzle off because it'll be at home. And that's the majority of them. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. don't stop the problem at all. You don't really hear, I mean, apart from that one in Birmingham that was a little bit, although did that dog escape a garden? Which one? The one that was chasing that guy through the petrol station. I don't know. So this is the thing is, where did they, where, how did they get loose? How did they get loose in the first mm. place? Well, they're not, you know, out on a nice chill walk with their owner and then they suddenly break free. They're, they're escaping gardens. They're jumping, they're running through doors yeah. when someone opens the front door. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so, I, don't, I, I don't, just don't think the ban is. Legislation's not going to help, I don't think, unless it's really harsh and really well enforced, which it won't be. It's not fit for purpose. It always brings me back to that, that when they brought the legislation for the middle lane hoggers on the motorway. <laughs> and I mean, I drive a lot of motorway miles and I still see millions of middle lane hoggers. I didn't know that was, and, I, I knew that came in and that, that really scares me now. So I'm really conscious and, of that. <laughs> and I just, I look at it and I think that there's not, there's not enough police anyway. Who's going to be prosecuting all these people? You know, and in this case, who's going to be prosecuting and, and dragging all these dogs in? There's no police. No. It's impossible to enforce. It's, it's, a, it's a pointless exercise. And like you say, it's pointless exercise that only impacts on responsible dog owners. Yeah. And the, and the of thing which is, there, is... there are, and we all get the idea that these XL bullies are, you know, some lad status symbol in some dodgy estate somewhere, drug dealers, all that kind of stuff. But there are people who've got, Excel bullies as pets and nice dogs and responsible owners. I think the, the they're going to be hit massively. The most sad thing about this is that there are it's not just a few 
nice pets and the majority are awful it's that there are thousands and thousands of absolutely gorgeous well-behaved really family-friendly yeah. really lovely um large examples, breeds. examples of these that breeds that, that live might perfectly well. well get picked up and has been yeah. and the weird thing as well we were talking about this earlier is that if you look at the stats over the years it was averaging something like three dog deaths a year for about 20 years and then they brought the bsl in and all the, there were still some deaths by pit bulls, but pit bulls tended to wane away and wane away. And then all of a sudden, it was like things like Rotties, Malamutes. There was yeah, a, there was a Jack Russell few Terrier. shepherds, Jack Russell Terrier, uh, Springer Spaniel, but they're all unusual circumstances. Yeah. And then in twenty two, there were ten deaths, and there've been seven up to now seven, eight. If that guy's died today. Eight yeah, deaths. as as we speak, there was yeah. a report of a, an incident today. So ten deaths last year, eight deaths this year so far. Um, where they're all XL, well, majority of are XL bullies. And I do wonder if if the XL bully name hadn't become a thing, they'd just been classed as pit bulls. Pit bull types. Pit bull types, yeah. Large pit bull type. Whereas now, instead of it being a pit bull, we give it a new name and go, oh, it's an XL bully. I think in the media, I don't think they, there's always the initial question of... What breed of what breed was the dog? Yeah, and the initial jump to enjoying, conclusion is, oh, it was a bully breed. We're enjoying pillorying XL bullies currently, so yeah, and, you know, we're I all think, over it in the press. Yeah, before XL bully, well, before XL bully was sort of a known thing, these deaths would have been down to pit bull types. Yeah, it's they're similar sort of shape and size, mm -hmm. and they're bull bull breeds, but the it it's a shame because they're it, it's. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Is that they're they're just different mixes and crossbreeds of yeah, dog. Of similar similar ingredients. Similar ingredients, amounts. but different mixes yeah. of dog. It's not really a, a breed problem at all. Now the breed problem comes into it when the, you talk about the potential of these dogs. So mm -hmm. obviously there are also stats that uh, float around about the incidences of bites from various dogs, and obviously there are thousands of bites every single there day. are thousands it's gone up as well i think didn't i read it's gone up 88 percent in the last about five years or something mm. since the dog bites so what we well, that's reported yeah. dog bites which people nowadays are getting a little more um liable us aren't they so if, you were bitten, the, if you were bitten 20 years ago you as, as we were saying it. earlier if i had bitten by a dog 20 years ago 30 years ago when i was a kid and my mother had told me to stop messing with their dog it's my own fault um, I think now maybe people are a bit more like, oh, a little nip on my arm by the dog, and maybe it's a payout. I do wonder. But, yeah, dog bite incidents, reported incidents, have gone up, risen massively. So Is that perhaps due to COVID dogs? Yeah, there's a bit of an argument, isn't there, between, uh, about the whole issue with the reason mm -hmm. why this has kind of gone up in, in st the stats on incidents of dog bites and incidents of, of, de of deaths by dog bites uh, is due to COVID dogs. Bad so breeding bad during breeding. COVID because they suddenly everybody wanted a dog because they were sat at home, not at work. And bad breeders were churning dogs out by the bucketful with no thought to temperament or quality or anything like that. Well, couple that with the inability to socialise and the inability yeah. to train because yeah, everything was shut yeah. down. Half hour exercise walk a day. We all remember it. So, rather than keep sort of talking about the doom and gloom, what is the what do you what would you reckon are the solutions? What would you go for? Well, you know my thoughts on big dogs. 
I hate. Don't buy a big dog. I hate that. <laughs> I think at the moment, if you've got a pit bull or XL bully type, not pit bull, XL bully, you need to be putting your groundwork in place. As plenty of trainers have said online, don't listen to people who go, oh, these dogs are lovely. Look, at here's my kid sat on it. And the dog's got whale eye and it's looking terrified. But listen to the trainers online that say, look, get your dog ready. Get you and your dog ready. Learn how to train. Get to a trainer or behaviorist. Teach your dog that. Yeah, it's all right to be touched by other people. It's cool. It's all right to have a muzzle on. This is how you train a muzzle. It's all right to be in public. It's all right to be in public muzzled. It's all right to be inspected by other people. It's all right to have its teeth and paws looked at by other people. All that sort of animal husbandry type stuff. Mm, Get your stuff, dog yeah. trained. Because at some point, if it's that right shape and size, there's a chance it's going to get picked up and inspected by someone else other than you. If your dog's scared, nervous and what have you, you've got a problem. I just think if I just think the whole idea of a ban is an absolute farce. I don't think it's fit for purpose. I don't think it works. And I reckon I'm trying to think of what the other option would be. Now, there's obviously a problem with the the number of deaths. The number of deaths are going up and that's yeah. absolutely not OK. So we need to figure out what is causing these extreme uh, incidents and these extreme sort of this, uh, I guess, tendency towards these really violent uh, sort of incidents and these and these outbreaks from these dogs. However, I do think. So is it Germany that have dog licenses? Yeah, Germany dog licenses. One hundred and twenty euros a year for your first dog. One hundred and eighty euros a year thereafter. But we used to have dog licenses in this country. So what happened with that? They they quit and they cancelled them back in eighties. Was it? Can't remember. I don't know. I was I was but a they were only cheap anyway. You used to go to I think it's a post office and they were like a tenner for your dog license. So it. it Made no difference. The dog licenses that we used to have in this country made no difference to anybody. So again, it's but not. So again, it's not a purpose. Is my it? personal opinion, and you know, I, I know I'm going to go out on a limb here. My personal opinion is dogs over a certain weight ought to have license insurance. Dogs that have potential and size to hurt somebody severely. We all know Jack Russell's bite. We all know Chihuahua's bite. That's the little dogs, but they're unlikely to kill or maim somebody. But I pers my personal opinion is if you've got a dog that's big enough to actually cause physical harm and death, then you you need to be responsible for that dog. And I think so dogs I... of a certain weight and size should be licensed. You should have liability insurance to deal with any fallout of that nature. And some kind of maybe inspection, training inspection, maybe even, you know, certain dogs have to have a muzzle on. I don't know. I dis but I, disagree. I don't know the hell. <laughs> I, I don't know the hell you'd enforce it. I I like the idea. Uh, I think maybe by weight would be better than by breed. Mm. Um, I think so. When, when you look when at the stats, cross, when you've got crossbreed, you it's complicated. The, the, stat, the deaths in the last 10, 20 years that I looked at, pit bulls, bully types, mastiffs, staffies, huskies, malamutes, quite a few GSDs, Quite a few Rottweilers. That's, that's German Shepherd dogs. Yeah, German Shepherds. Quite a few Rottweilers. So, None of them on the banned breed list, other than the, the pit bull. There certainly weren't any Presa Canarios and Flaming Argentino whatnots dogs on it. Presa Canarios are legal. But yeah, that's, you know what I mean. No cane cars no, on there. There were no Tosas and no Fila Brasileiros on no. the list. Uh, 
but then you're when you talk about weight, you're including Great Danes. Yeah, you're including. I got bit by Great Dane. Yeah, but you didn't die. No, I didn't. Why not? You know what? If it had been a bit more pissy, I wouldn't like to think I was trying to fight it off. It's bigger than me. Bernie's Mountain Dogs, St Bernards, which are rescue dogs. You've got your um, Newfoundlands. Yeah. All these big, and, chilled, yeah. calm. What are they all big, chilled, and calm? Great Danes are normally really puddings. They lumber along looking like a donkey. But every now and again, you get one that's grumpy, like that one that bit me. Why did it bite you? Were you being it? <laughs> it was the same one that bit you, wasn't it? Which one? In, in class. I get bit by a Great Dane. I thought I had a go at you. Sure, I had a go at you. I don't think I've ever been bitten. Bit me, bit me on the chest. Bitten on the chest? Yeah, tip bit. I nearly got, I got bit by a, a mal, a mally. Yeah. But again, if they're big, capable dogs, I, I think people have a. But my... like, 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 like all the XL bullyhounders all over TikTok at the moment, they'll come out and go, oh, look at my dog, plays with my kids, blah, blah, blah. I think they have uh, a very um, rose tinted spectacle view of their dog. It's always been nice. It's always been a lovely dog. It's been great. But that day when it's out of sorts, or there when it hurts itself, it's still a very big, capable, heavy dog. Heavy, capable, strong, powerful dog. And I just think we need to be more responsible for things of that nature. The issue there is not necessarily a breed problem. It's an education issue yeah. around what the capability of these dogs are yeah. and what fallout looks like when they are distressed or scared or perfect example right the other day we're down at um the emergency services show we got a stand for search and rescue stand and i took the little guy in little toes and there's a guy just down the way you've got newfoundlands they use them for uh, they weren't water rescue they were like therapy dogs so yeah. to you know to oh, take in hospitals and stuff and this huge newfoundland i mean they were lovely dogs don't get me wrong they weren't they weren't nasty dogs but this huge Newfoundland decided it wanted to have a look at Mr. Toes. And it basically engulfed Mr. Toes. And a lot of squeaking coming from underneath this dog. And Mr. Toes were clearly feeling a little bit distressed by the whole situation. And the Newfoundland, big daft lumber in Newfoundland, didn't seem to be particularly bothered by the distress it was causing and wanted to carry on having a good sniff at him. But its owner couldn't pull him back. He struggled to pull him back. Now, yeah. in, in the instance of that instance, there was no arm done. My dog were a little bit like, blow me neck, Dad. That was big. But it's a dog so big, so heavy, so powerful, and driven in its wanting to smell my dog, that the owner struggled to pull it back. Now, that's when it's in a good mood and everything were perfect, everything were lovely. But if it had perhaps been in a situation where their dogs, their dogs are good dogs because they were uh, accustomed to being in hospitals and care homes and schools and colleges. So, like, those dogs go, they were really good dogs, really well, so they're generalised to new environments. But if you've got a dog that wasn't so generalised or perhaps, you know, grew up in a rescue or something, oh, look at my cute little dog, um, who perhaps wasn't so good, and then a situation arises, there's more dog than one man can hold back there. It, and although they're always nice and friendly, I, I, they I, would be day, wouldn't they not? I'm hating everything you're saying, but I'm struggling to find. <laughs> I just, I'm I've, I've always struggling to find a, a counter for it because I, said, I agree. You should, you should 
not, or you should think long and hard about owning an animal that you can't physically hold. Yeah. I've it, always said that. I, I don't let some people buy big they, dogs with no need for them. No, no, no work. It's not no about job whether they. No, like. it's not about whether there's a need for them though, because people have different tastes. They do. People have different preferences. Like so, I. So let's talk about my personal sort of uh, type in dogs is a dog that wants to learn things. I like yeah. dogs that want to train with me. I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of training. I get a lot of love out of it. I don't really see much point in me owning a dog that isn't into training. Yeah. There's no point. I would probably not have one. So things like maybe smaller... Not all small, some small breeds are fantastic, but maybe sort of more um, toy breeds. Yeah, toy um, breeds. Certain toy so breeds. Uh, and then certain, I hate to say it, but maybe certain Mastiff types that yeah. uh, basically... They prefer to lump around and sit on the sofa. Yeah, they lump around, they go for a nice walk. And now, that, that just because that's not my taste, who am I to say that nobody should be able to have those dogs? Just because that's not my taste... It's, it's only your taste, though, because you want to train in and thus wouldn't have one. But... Is it a, a social responsibility to say, do I need a 60, 70 kilogram dog? Um, if you can manage it, though, and you can look after it and you can yeah. provide a really fantastic life for it, who's to say that you can't own that dog? That's There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think I disagree fundamentally with saying to people you can't have. I find, I find like with a potentially dangerous thing like that. It's like we were saying earlier, if your next door neighbour's got a wolf or a cougar or a jaguar as a pet and kept it in the garden, you'd probably be concerned. And it's also illegal because you need a dangerous animal's licence to keep one. Yeah, but but, but an American bulldog is, not a, is point, not a cougar. At what point do you go, <laughs> actually, that wolf or that cougar or whatever is a very capable, strong, powerful animal Ooh, so is an XL bully. Ooh, so is a big Ken Corso. Ooh, so are many other large, you are, powerful, capable you're, you're dogs. Pulling, you're pulling similarities between domesticated, pretty normally in the right circumstances, pretty chilled, lovely family pets, often. with a wild animal, which is a completely different thing. Yeah, you're, I am. Comparing I, I'm, I'm comparing the two. But when you look at the attacks that where people have literally been torn apart by a pit bull type or an XL bully type, and then you start thinking to yourself, domesticated dog, lovely cuddly pet, or drives that are uncontrolled. Oh, you really? Ooh. I don't. I don't like this. Don't let this. Another comparison I I I came across um, was guns. Right. So every time there's a school shooting in America, we, we in Britain, we always bang on about, oh, they should, they should ban guns. You know, Americans like, they've all got a gun. Firstly, I mean, that can't happen in America because there's millions of guns, so there's no way you could ban them now. They're too far down that slippery slope. But we all, generally as a people in England, everybody I know anyway, seems to say, ban guns. There's your problem. They've all got guns. I like guns, personally. I think guns are marvellous engineering little marvels. They're, they're so well made. They're beautiful. I think they're engineering works of art. Um, but the guns aren't dangerous. It's the people who use them that are dangerous. If you put a gun in a cupboard, it'll be there when you come back. It won't do anything wrong. It'll just sit there until you go and pick it up. 
But us as a nation seem to condemn America for having all these guns. And when there's a school shooting, they say, well, your problem is you've got people out there who've got assault rifles. It's the people that's the problem. It's the people well, you can't with control, the... But you, you can't control them. You can't, can't control what? The people? Yeah. No, you can't. That's the problem. So when you've got the bullies in this country and everybody's going, oh, you can't ban them, you can't ban them. You want to ban guns, ban all big dangerous dogs. Tire them all with the same brush, like people do in this country with guns. Do you agree with this ban? I No, I don't. I agree with a much bigger ban or much bigger control, not a ban. I don't think a ban's going to work because I, I don't want to sound like classist or anything, but when you're, you look but at... you're about to. But I'm about to, so yeah. When you look at all these, the majority of these attacks have all been areas of massive unemployment. They've all been dogs that have been known by neighbours to have been issued dogs. And they all fit a type, generally speaking. And I don't think that type is going to be affected by bans and legislation. <laughs> that probably sounds horribly classist and horribly somethingist. But I think the people who've got the dogs, which are doing the killing, are not the people who will be worried about the bans and the legislation and the prosecution and the insurance and the neutering and all that kind of stuff. I think the people who've got them currently, the status dogs, and there's not much care. And I suspect if you bring in a ban, it won't really make any difference. I think you need much wider legislation. For, for me, on heavier dogs, dogs over a certain weight, certain weight, size, power. So I'm annoyed. That's my opinion. I'm annoyed that I don't have um, <laughs> an adequate rebuttal for this because I wasn't expecting you to go this in this direction. Yeah. Uh, I know that I don't like what you're saying. I felt like for years about heavy, big dogs. I, so, I don't... So when people buy GSDs or or nowadays Mallys, everybody wants a Mally because they oh you know they're popular and John Wick's got one, but I don't understand why people would buy that, especially if they buy one that's got a bit of pep, we have a spicy one, unless they've got a reason for having one. And I don't I, I don't think anybody should not be allowed having to have one, but I think say you want to buy sports, you want to get yourself a, a spicy Mally or a spicy German Shepherd or whatever, fine. But with that, you know, with that great power comes great responsibility. And I think people buying that type of dog need to be legislated. So perhaps you've got to have insurance. You've got to have inspection every now and again, or you've got to have some kind of level of control. Maybe their dog's training is monitored in some way. So, but I don't yeah. think it'll ever happen because I don't think it can ever happen because it's such a huge undertaking for the government. In terms of, so I I agree that I think there should be a requirement to either attend training mm. classes with your dogs, regardless, potentially breed wise. But I think you should you should have some level of understanding and care for your dogs before you get one, regardless of what you've got, because it's not necessarily about controlling them. It's about understanding how to provide adequate care for this creature that you've brought into your life. So I, I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle. Rather than you should be able to control these crazy animals that you've chosen to bring into your life, it should be you should be conscious and interested. Yeah. You should be uh, you should be interested and wanting to provide the best possible care you can for these animals that you bring into your life, rather than 
taking on certain types of animals as a possession. So having these big, so status and having a dog as a status symbol, I think in, is inherently wrong because the animals are still living, breathing, sentient creatures. I don't think they're uh, sort of, I don't think that they're absolutely, um, you know, nasty or vicious or aggressive. I think that some of these dogs will go through quite difficult adolescent phases where they'll be particularly stressed by certain things or even particularly sort of uh, mouthy when they're getting a little bit stressy. Particularly or that's just it, the bully, mouthy things like the that. The mouthy things. The so responses with, that they Yeah, so with bully, with bully breeds particularly, when they go through adolescence, they're going to want to bite <clears> and tug <throat> on things. That is inherently bred into these dogs. And although... Some, so so just before that for doing this podcast doing a little bit of research i have unfortunately watched a, a couple of um videos and footage of various attacks absolutely horrific uh to watch just wanted to make sure i was sort of clued up about what we were going to be talking about and i mean correct me if i'm wrong because you've seen some of these as well but i don't think that i saw i mean some of them were horrible you know the one, the one that we attack. looked at earlier the one in birmingham the dogs are having fun. The dogs look like they're playing and they're playful, but the problem is that the power that's behind them is that the the dogs want to have this outlet for this tugging and this biting that they that they kind of you know is inherently they want to do it. Is if people are more responsible in terms of ownership, so they have to attend training, they understand what's coming with adolescence. So yeah, everyone talks about the difficult puppy phase, but people don't have enough of a conversation about difficulties with adolescence. Yeah. The majority of the dogs that end up in rescue are normally between a year and two years old when the dogs are an absolute... No. Same dogs that are given up on nods. You don't have to look on Marketplace. The dogs get not given Marketplace, up on, yeah. Pet yeah. Homes. So I think it's not about... They're all of that certain age. I don't think they're inherently dangerous. No, I absolutely despise the comparison with guns uh, and I despise <laughs> the comparison with wild animals. Then I don't think that's... I, I, I appreciate that you're coming from it from... Uh, I, I think... And no, let, let me finish. I appreciate that you're coming from it from a, a more inflammatory perspective just to get your point across i appreciate that and i understand that and i'm trying to I'm, i was sitting here quietly thinking no but trying to decide why i felt like no because i don't want to just be, just disagree without having an answer i just i just i completely don't think that's right at all i think for the majority of these dogs when they go through these phases where potentially these attacks happen is that the age of the dogs is that they're likely in that really difficult age range. I think the, yeah. there's a major, major lacking in education around dog behavior and how to raise appropriately dogs from any size. I think the majority of, I mean, how many people talk about little dog syndrome and you see these tiny little dogs barking at the end of the lead and yeah. they're stressed up to their eyeballs and people are laughing at them. If they're a bigger dog, see, yeah, it's a bit horrendous. Now, however, you don't see that because most, like, p people with bigger dogs put a huge amount of effort into, most people, sorry. Responsible people. Put, yeah, responsible people put a huge yeah. amount of effort into training the larger dogs because they can't be behaving like that, because they can't get away with behaving like that, and because people appreciate that that's a lot more scary for people. Now, you see TikTok video upon TikTok video of little dogs that are being put under a huge amount of stress just because it's funny, and you also, unfortunately, see an enormous amount of well-meaning owners who think that they're advocating for their breed, and they've got these XL bullies or other types of bulldog mixers or mastiff mixers, things like this. And they're putting these dogs in stressful situations and going, look how soft my dog is oh, while soft, my lonely. kids lay on top yeah. of them. 
Um, and you just think, well, even if your dog's not attacking in that moment, he's not enjoying it. So stop pissing your dog off yeah. and advocate for the fact that they're a living, breathing, sentient animal. They're not a plaything, and they and they need to be respected. But equally, I don't think that they need to be banned. I think that there's just a huge misunderstanding about how to think, look after these cool, dogs. Cool. So that, I think that's where I, that's where I sit on it. And yeah, that makes I, I know where you're coming from. I think for me, for I'm such a middle class white educated upbringing with good parents and you know 2.4 kids and all that i look at it and i think people should be responsible for having what is potentially a dangerous dog just like if you bought some a, a sports car or a gun or whatever you've got a you've got a real um a responsibility to be have a duty care for that animal yeah. for what it can do you've got to understand that i, I know it's a lovely big soft pudding of a dog but it is a big dog, and potentially it could bite somebody. If it bites somebody, it'll really hurt him. Whereas if my chihuahua bites somebody, it'll piss them off and scratch them. But if you've got a big dog, you've, you've got to have the responsibility. Actually, even though he's a pudding, he could hurt somebody. He could do harm, just like anything powerful, sharp, dangerous, whatever can. And I think that any legislation will target people like me quite well. Hmm. But I don't think any legislation that they can bring in or target the people who, in a lot of cases, have got these dogs and, like you said, regard them as a status symbol. I mean, how many of these dogs that you do see, how many, how many XL bullies do you see, young lads around council estates that are really old? They're not. They never make it to old age because at some point in between time, they end up in rescue. That's potentially true. I see a lot of, you know, but I do, there's a, there's a, so, the, this the, is very anecdotal. The, so the not, dodgy, not the dodgy people owning, owning dodgy dogs. Not always. Not right. always. I'm going to interject. I, I, this is very anecdotal. I'm not a huge fan of using anecdote for stuff like this, but just from a personal perspective, there's a number of, of these types of dogs that live around here. Uh, there's loads of them. It, and they're, um, and it's fine. Uh, and the majority of them uh, that I've experienced are fantastic. They're super chilled. They're really steady. Um, if they're younger, uh, which is where normally the issues arise, they're quite giddy. They're quite bouncy. But the people mm -hmm. that have got them are holding on to them. They're on a lead or they're trying their effort to to put in work with them. There's a guy that walks um, his XL bully around the lake near here um, that's always off the lead, phenomenally trained really really friendly uh indifferent to people and dogs that's wicked isn't it just that's like not 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 you know when people say um oh they're fine because they're friendly and actually they're just a bother yeah <laughs> to everybody but no this one's when i say phenomenally trained i mean uh if a dog approaches it or a person approaches it fine but won't approach but but isn't interested it for the most part absolutely perfect and it's an excel bully and that dog's probably one of the best better trained dogs in this whole area that I see, and it just happens to be one of these breeds. Mm -hmm. Now you also see a huge amount of people with um, different breeds, and not to sort of pick on any breed in particular. It's normally the the effort and the 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 amount of effort that the owners will go to to making sure that their dogs are social, that their dogs are safe in public, is never ever ever a breed problem. It's always uh, an owner attitude problem. Now, yes, there are some socioeconomic factors that mean that certain um, 
people of, of different statuses will maybe uh, gravitate towards different breeds, whether that's a protection thing, whether that's a status thing. Um, you know, you get a lot of bites uh, reported from dogs like Labradors, from um, different types of gun dogs, things like that. I've worked with uh, Vizslas, I've worked with Weimaranas yeah. with, that have bitten people dangerously so, hurt people. Um, and those dogs aren't reported in the media. Those dogs aren't necessarily even reported for their bites, things like that. But they're a very middle class, upper class dog. Yeah. So these dogs are still causing damage. You've seen the the stats on it with things like Rottweilers, German yeah. Shepherds have killed people. Yeah. You know, these dogs aren't um, German Shepherds particularly because they used to get a bit of a stake, but now they're a slightly more middle class dog. Um, Rottweilers are a slightly more middle class dog. These dogs have killed people in the past. Um, maybe maybe not so much recently, because obviously there's been a bit of a spate, which we talked about earlier in terms of COVID effects, but these dogs have killed people. But because they're a more middle-class breed, nobody talks about it. It's overlooked. It's, yeah. So it's, it's almost, the ban is almost an attack on the working class. It's, I, yeah, I think it's, it's almost it's is. That, it's, I don't it's... think it's anything, I don't think it's a breed problem. I think, I think that it's an education problem. It's... Unfortunately, that might come with uh issues around it might come into the class situation it might because the education problem around that is that uh people are getting these dogs and not really thinking about how to raise them but that can happen among all all walks of life i think it really it feels like uh, a working class attack i think um, with the, the the general people that we see where these attacks take place and things that whatever status dog yeah happen to be popular at the time, be it a Rottweiler, be it a mm. Shepherd, be it a Mallee, be it a XL or a Bully or whatever, it's still going to happen. Yeah. It's still going to keep happening regardless of breed, which makes the breed specific look stupid because, as we've said, in the last 20 years, there's been Rottweilers kill people, there's been German Shepherd dogs kill people. BSL um, is not fit for purpose. It's, it doesn't it's not the it breed. Address the I say, to me, go and wait. If you've got a big heavy dog that's capable put some legislation in place so at least you've got insurance, you've got somebody who perhaps keeps an eye on you, you have to buy a license, you have to demonstrate that you're sufficiently yeah. trained or you've got sufficient control over your dog. I, again, I'm going to disagree <laughs> because of the people that that would target, um, that would unfairly target. I might think. target you if the weight's at a particular level because you've do. got a big dog. It might do. But um, would that be an issue? Well, it'd piss me off. It might piss you off if, <laughs> if all you had to do, if your dog was over, what, what does Roxy weigh? She's 32, 33 kilos. So if they brought a 30 kilo limit in, right? Yeah. Come to fake me. I'll be all right, I reckon. I don't think Lottie's 30 kilos. What if you've got a really small dog, but you've just fed it too much? <sighs> Where, when, do you, when do you take the weight? What age? <sighs> just wait. No, I hate this. But I'm going to come. No, I'm going to. I can't see it. I can't see it another way where. You could legislate for dogs with potential to have, cause harm or serious harm. Oh, I, I was saying earlier, how many, how many cockers bite? Cockers are often bite a little things. They resource guard. It can be a pain in the arse when in you know, pet homes. They don't want to kill you. But you're going to have to be... I had a really good point and it's going to... Quite ahead. weak yeah. or infirm or very young before a cocker's going to kill you. So but I'm not what, worried about so... cockers. But well, I'm no, worried about if you're going to do, do it on weight, oh. some people can hold... Oh, it's you. It's all right. I was thinking it was Roxy. Just give it to Fuss. Oh, yeah. Was, Ian's under stinky his Roxy. Don't touch Roxy <laughs> for now. She, I'm going to wash her after this. Um, 
the thing is, when you do it by weight or you do it by sort of capability, again, it, you're, you're making it too black and white. You've got people that can hold bigger dogs. I've known people who've had tiny little terriers who get pulled over by them because they're just not, well, first of all, they don't know how to plant their feet. And secondly, they're not, and they're, yeah. they're not strong enough. I just think it's a, no, I, no, I disagree. Maybe again. the country just needs to be more responsible. But again, as a country needs to be more responsible, my, my, middle class upbringing says oh i'd best be responsible and follow the law my but so quite a lot of people who instead of, care about responsibility instead of licenses for weights and all that bullshit and legislating and bsl as well and, and all that rubbish i genuinely believe there should be significantly significantly harsher punishments for people who have dogs dangerously out of control and I think that there should be a ban or significantly better legislation on breeding practices. I don't think... Oh, for sure. I think that would massively, massively reduce the issues. The, the issues that we've got around these dog attacks and there's, it's been speculated and it's been battered around stats, things like that, is really, really terrible breeding practices over COVID because the price of puppies went skyrocketed. So people that shouldn't be breeding were breeding. Um, issues around colour and aesthetic for these types of dogs rather yeah. than temperament. And no thought about temperament. No thought about, so you've you know, got that, things that like your nails, your lilac, your, your shampoo. Peach yeah. yeah, all that I saw the other day, a wire-haired friendship. Yeah, that was the one I showed you. Wire really liked that. What? Anyway, so instead of, so all these terrible breeding practices, which are creating these um, genetically unsound, unhealthy temperament and sound dogs, there should be much, much stricter uh, legislation plus couple with that much harsher punishments for creating these types of dogs having dogs if you don't plan on breeding them um making sure that you're not having like secret uh like uh, oh do you know what i think i'll have one litter from my dog before yeah. xyz happens if you pr brought in significantly harsher punishments for animal cruelty because the other side of this is that some of these dogs that have had these attacks it's then reported that the owners would beat them or hurt them or you know yeah it's been quite common that they, they, they're known to be dodgy dogs they've like to say you heard people shouting yelling beating dogs like if you've never been to training or never been to train or never attempted to train on don't, don't really walk your dog or don't do anything essentially it's cruel it's animal cruelty to not give your dog mental enrichment hmm. even if you just have a house dog i just think it's absolutely appalling if you do nothing fair enough keep him in the house but do things with them if you do nothing with your dog it's an absolute abomination and and ye, those are the people that are causing the problems if there were more punishments for that type of treatment of an animal cruelty plus legislation on breeders we wouldn't get half the amount of dog attacks that we're getting because those dogs wouldn't exist and people wouldn't own be able to own those types of dogs but punishing owners and banning dogs that are previously wonderful and proven really nice temperaments and then saying right you're gonna to have to muzzle your dog now for the rest of it the rest of its life and you're gonna significantly reduce that dog's quality of life because a couple of dogs have killed people this year i just think that's absolutely disgusting so my prop proposition rather than legislation on weight would be the opposite is it who's producing these animals and those are the people that should be punished or legislated heavily but just on my my opinion on, on weight and licensing, who's going to do it? Well, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? I just think about anyway, the, we were talking about earlier about um, about licensing and things. And I said that in Germany, you're going to have yeah. a license, 120 euros for your yeah. first dog, 180 euros per dog after that. Yeah. That would obviously generate some 
some income for the government to spend on people to monitor and patrol. But I'd read something else as well about German dog license, German dog ownership. Mm. Get this right. This is Germany. Um, firstly, you can't use any electronic control bark collars or electric fences or um, shot collars. Um, it's not allowed to keep a dog permanently in a box, only two hours per day at the most. All right. A dog has to have the following floor space available. For its height in centimetres to its withers, um, it needs a certain amount of uh, square feet of floor space. So again, that'll stop people getting crazy amounts of dogs. Obviously, somebody's got to police it. Um, blah, 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 blah. Tie stalls. Um, they've got to be able to move freely. Um, if you keep a dog outdoors, you've got to ensure that the following is available. A dog house made of thermally insulated material. Um, blah, blah, blah. A spot to lie down, shade, protection from weather. At least two times a day, your dog has to have two hours of contact with its owner or care provider. That's nice. Two hours a day, imagine that. We've got to have something to police all this. Uh, in addition, two times per day for one hour, a dog has to have a chance to run freely if just kept in a kennel or otherwise. Um, there's a need to keep a dog on leash inside developed areas and community limits at all times. Um, fines quite, up five, quite strict. Fines up to five thousand euros if you're caught not doing so. Obviously, you've got to clean up and all that kind of stuff, just like in the UK. Dog barking is kept to kept, got to be kept to a minimum. Um, pets are not allowed to run free if they do so. The owner may be liable for any bodily injuries or property damage that the pet may cause. German law imposes strict liability on the owner for damages, regardless of whether the pet is in the possession of the owner, lost or abandoned. Um, therefore, it's recommended that pet owners obtain liability insurance, which is available from commercial insurance companies. Um, Can I ask, with all these laws, abuse and neglect the, really pounce on us. What's the what's the dog what's the death by dog attack stats in Germany? I don't know. So a look. Because does that have any effect? One moment, caller. We'll just put you on hold for a moment, and we're back. We started. We started. So we've just tried to look up um, dog attack stats in Germany, and it seems. There's not a lot of deaths, but we found that there were three listed last year. Um, but beyond that, there's not a lot of data, really. But it does seem very much more of a... Um, I don't know, maybe we've got dog ownership in this country as a bit of a God-given right. Does that make sense? Possibly. Whereas German rules seem to be, actually, if you want a dog, you've got to follow a certain set of strict guidelines and maybe we should be more likely to do that but again would that just affect god-fearing middle-class educated people and the, the problems still exist because some people wouldn't care or follow it i don't know i don't know what the answer is i don't think there's any specific answer but i think what we can say is if you've got an xl bully or anything that looks like an xl bully out there right just now start training so start training. Find train. a trainer, find so a behaviorist. Particular thing, things to keep in mind with training is you don't really need to be training sort of complicated behaviors, but start your muzzle training uh, and start working on cooperative handling. So yeah. allowing your dog to be handled appropriately. Approached. By different people, By different not just social, you. Social skills, if, if, if they do end up, if, if, big if, they do end up having to be seized to be assessed. Make your you dog want your dog to be as citizen. comfortable as possible with that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dog! Dog barking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that 
so I think it's safe to say that um, neither of us particularly agree with uh, BSL and the band. But it can't work, can it? It can't work. work. I don't think it's fit for purpose. As we've talked about our versions of, they can't work either. They're nice ideas, lovely ideas, but they don't really work. I think my idea would work. I don't think it would. I think more than yours. I think the problem, <laughs> it, it's education, the world. It's an education It's education problem. and it's, it's knowledge and acceptance that actually the dog can do harm. And I think it'll hit the responsible people, as we've said. Yeah, I think yeah. It should people. be, it should be a social... It's like car insurance, isn't it? Well... You've got car insurance, I've got car insurance. We're responsible people. We've, we've got jobs. We've got all that kind of stuff. But car insurance is a legal requirement. Well, the people that's irresponsible still drive around with no insurance. And it results in And results fatalities. in bills and fatalities and crashes and evading police. Well, someone it's mentioned... Thing. It, you, can't, you can't hit society with a regulation and go, that'll fix it, because there's certain sects of society that won't care. Just slightly... It's still on topic, and I thought it was a really interesting point. You've just reminded me of it, about fatalities caused by different things and people that aren't really um, paying attention particularly. Someone mentioned to me that the the stats on the number of deaths by cattle, um, yes, is is quite yeah, significant. Quite, yeah. Similar similar to to dogs, and yeah. yet you don't see anyone talking about legislating farmers having to keep fences, having to no. um, not keep cattle on places with foot, public footpaths. You don't see anything about banning the raising of cattle. No, like that you don't see. Those no, it's it's a nice. The press have got all of it. Different, but it's a different commodity. But cattle are a commodity, yeah. because we raise them for consumption. Yeah. Um, whereas dogs are just well, yeah. especially especially this specific breed that they're talking about banning. We're back. Yeah. So so cattle. Again, they're a commodity, and well, what we're saying is that, especially with the especially with the type of breed that they're talking about banning, is that not only is it like a, something that people enjoy rather than a financial commodity like cattle, is it's also something people enjoy, but it's it's it targets the working class because it's the thing that they like, uh, and there are other things like danger like dangerously fast cars, for example. Yeah. Or you know, it it, yeah. it it just it seems like one of those things that the media have got hold of. There's a lot of sensationalism around. It is around sensationalism, it. isn't it? It's a lovely story to stick in the papers every week. It well, it it's. I mean, obviously, it is horrendous what's happened um, to to the people that have lost their lives in this way, and it is absolutely a, a grotesque way to go. Um, but yeah, I don't think. BSL and ad- adding these breeds to this list is going to have any impact no. uh, on 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 what's happening at the moment. It's not. It's, not it's just it. it's just going to cause an enormous amount of people a lot of distress, and it's going to massively reduce the quality of life and a lot of deaths, animal deaths. Yeah, animal deaths and massively reduce the quality of life of the ones that people do keep choose to keep yeah. around. Um, in other news, this is a light-hearted finish. <laughs> Let's say about the little white dog I saw in London. Gone. All right. So I'm I'm still in my post in London at the uh, at the NFL, and this guy comes along with a little 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 white fluffy dog. Do you know what it was? Um, Pomeranian, I think, oh. or something. Pom Pom mix, something like that. And he comes along with this little white fluffy dog. He's got a treat pouch on, so I'm already thinking trainer maybe. Mm. This dog walks off lead, 
This is the middle of like Wembley, so it's it's a big busy area. Yeah. Off lead, in perfect heel, puts it into middle, walks line middle, leg weaves, gets the middle of the the bottom of the stairs where it goes up to Wembley Stadium, puts the dog into a stay, stand stay, walks away, calls it, stops it, calls it again, dog bounces into his arm, right? I videoed the last bit because I thought, this is so chuffing cool. This is amazing. I'm thinking to myself, this guy's got to be a trainer, mm. right? So I'm thinking, to, I hope he comes back. And I said, hey, he did. He came back with a little dog. And I said, excuse you, mate. I said, I saw you come past earlier. I, that was brilliant. I said, hey, trainer. And he went, no. And a young, young fella, um, probably Chinese origin, I guess, and he was currently studying for his degree in pharmacy. And I said, yeah, no, I watched you come past, and your dog's obedience was banging, and your dog clearly loving life, having it best, living its best life. And he went, yeah, I sort of got this little dog. I think he said it was 16 or 18 months old. Anyway, I got it, like, as a pup, and just realised how much fun training was, and really enjoyed training, and dog really enjoyed training, so it's gone from there. And literally, dog and him were just like, they were like, a, they were like man and machine in perfect harmony. He did everything right. And no no one does trick training like that with, with palms and things. And it was just, it was perfect. It was just a really nice, like, well done, mate. I found his Instagram, sent him a follow on Instagram and, and keep an eye on what he does because he's talking I want, about I want his, I want his Instagram, please. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you in a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, really cool little guy and a really cool little dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's little, nice and light It's a shame that every XL bully owner doesn't do the same thing. Well, it's also a shame that every POM owner doesn't do the same thing. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, because everybody could do bits like that and massively uh, improve the quality of their dog's lives just by doing little bits of training yeah. with them. Um, but yeah. So I think that's, that's it, it, isn't it? Really? We've not fixed it. We'll wrap it up there. Yeah. It's, uh, we've not fixed one. anything. We've had a good old rant. Yeah. Um, and talked about a little Pomeranian that could do uh, leg weaves. Yeah, if, it's worth mentioning just before we sign off, if uh, anyone does have an XL bully and uh, wants a free muzzle training guide uh, to just drop me an email. Yeah. Uh, and they can have that. I'm giving that away at the moment. Just You Detail. might as well get your dogs trained. Details, now. as always, will be at the end of the podcast yeah. and on the podcast notes. But, yeah, if you do own a, a bully-type dog, get training. Look at it now, it's like getting battle stations, battle down the hatches and get training. Pour all that stuff in place. Contact a trainer. Contact Sam. Get some ideas. Look online, find a, find a good trainer online. There's plenty yeah. of information out there. Uh, right. And catch you next time. Yeah, catch, catch you next time. time. So that's it for another episode. Ian, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, where can we where can we contact you? Um, they can find me, uh, email me, ian at canelandsolution.com or anywhere on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. We've got Canine Solution on Facebook. We've got Havoc and Chaos on Facebook. We've got Havoc and Chaos on Instagram. Um, and if you look at the Canine Sol on TikTok, you can see some of the videos and stuff that we post on there with the Havoc and Chaos theme. What about you, Sam? If you want to get in contact, you can email me at fetchclubinfo at gmail.com or you can find me at fetchclubofficial.co.uk. I'm also fetchclubofficial on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. 
Thanks. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Bye, guys.